Welcome back to Flex Your Head, another special episode of Screen Therapy. On Flex Your Head, we take a breather from punk rock and mental health and explore classic punk albums, which I guess is good for mental health. All right, on this episode, I'm joined once again by Drew Swalwell. How's it going, Drew? It is going fantastic. Nice. It's going to be fun to talk about this album today. So what album are we talking about? We are talking about Bikini Kill's first full-length album, Pussy Whipped. So Bikini Kill's Pussy Whipped came out in October 1993 on Kill Rockstars out of Olympia, Washington, and it was their debut studio album. The band formed in 1990, broke up in 1997, so this album was kind of right in the middle of that time span. The band is consisting of singer-songwriter Kathleen Hanna, guitarist Billy Karen, aka Billy Boredom, bassist Kathy Wilcox, and drummer Toby Vale, and Kathy and Toby do a bit of vocals as well on the album. So first off, Drew, do you know how long this album is? I think it's only 25 minutes long or something like that. 26 minutes. So yeah, yeah, good one. So 12 songs, most of the songs with that calculation right around the two minute mark. I know there's a lot to tackle here in the lyrics and messages of the band, you know, obviously very influential band for all people in Olympia and Washington, DC, uh, young women were very inspired by them. Uh, and they're quite connected to riot girl movement. It's a little bit awkward to talk too much about the riot girl stuff. Cause it's not really, I don't have that perspective coming in. Mm-hmm. Having said that, this is for me, the penultimate bikini kill album. Well, I'm, I'm a little curious. When did you come across bikini kill? What was your first introduction to bikini kill? It was this album. Was it this album? Yeah. Sometimes I go in, and this is what we did back in the day before the internet. (laughs) We go in and just buy (laughs) things based on the record label and the name of the band. And I don't think I fully knew what was going on until I actually heard it. I was very stoked. I know that this one and Heavens to Betsy were the two albums that really went as a one-two punch during that era for me. I'm sure I heard something about the band from people in the Vancouver scene. That's where I was at the time. Mm-hmm. I was um, friends with some of the folks that formed Riot Girl Vancouver, so that was you know, maybe a way in for for some of these bands. Yeah, how about you? In my research, I went down memory lane. The Kill Rockstars comp, I bought it because Unwound had a song on there. Bikini Kill's Feels Blind was on there, along with Heaven's the Betsy's uh, My Red Self. Oh, the Stars Kill Rock compilation is out. Yeah, I remember coming across it being like, oh, okay, this... And I want to like explore this. So I probably went down to Ditch Records and picked up Bikini Kill uh, on CD pretty quick after that. I really identified with the politics behind the album, especially this album. There's there's a few songs here where the, the struggle is just absolutely real. And you can hear it in her voice and the, the way the songs are, are portrayed. Totally agree. Uh, one of the things that I read... Kathleen Hanna, the vocalist, was talking to Tidal, of all places, <laughs> talking about the, the range of emotions on the album in her vocals. And she said, I didn't really have that many effects on my voice during most of the recording. I want women to hear my voice how it really is without making it sound all beautiful and whatever. I want them to hear someone who sounds pissed off. That just nails it in a nutshell there. I mean, the whole album sounds really pissed, you know, musically and vocally. And that's what I love most about it. When I was younger, and even now, I'm, I'm searching for things that are very, challenge me. 
you know, and I've heard all kinds of music now with that's challenged me in different ways. But this one challenged me in a in a way that was very self reflective and made me think about myself and my own actions and how I perceive the world and you know how I treat other people. And, and that to me was such a lesson for me to have, especially when yeah. I was in my early twenties. And I was always so stoked to put this on and just be like, okay, here we go. Like I'm gonna work on this. Like you know, I'm gonna be schooled messages around street harassment sexual abuse like these were things that were you know not talked about as much in music Mm -hmm. if at all um, even in the punk scene going into the politics of it i think that's where you know they got a lot of pushback from the hardcore scene playing music that's basically hardcore but speaking about things that weren't being spoken about for women women were weren't supposed to be yelling as much as a bikini kill were or heaven's a betsy or on this album, they found such a groove in the fact that they were all angry sounding and just punchy in the guts kind of sound. And yeah, even with just the vocals, the way that the vocals sound, such a blow. You know, it's like, whoa, this is this is amazing. Yeah, there's a there's a power in Kathleen's voice that while she's doing the hardcore thing, there's a melody to her screams. thing about the album is it's just it's unrelenting first of all it's very it moves at such a pace but Mm -hmm. there's so much going on with the uh, interplay between the musicians the bassist and the drummer kathy wilcox and toby vale are just locked into this really cool syncopated stagger step through most of the album billy's guitar playing is just if greg ginn didn't care about being a stoner you know what i mean like it's just like (laughs) (laughs) i think he probably was influenced by justin from unwound i would think but just the angular distorted feedback he Mm -hmm. he's not coming out and being like hey i'm i'm the guy like i'm gonna be the person that's just like wailing away He, he very much sits back and even live footage i saw he kind of hangs back a little bit but just what he fills the sound that he fills in I love the guitar playing. Yeah. Kathleen's vocals are just super like amazing and I love the rhythm section. Let's just listen to guitar. It's a little bit back in the mix. Let's just and there's so much mm-hmm. cool stuff going on with this guy's guitar playing. There's almost so much riffage. You lose the fact that he's just constantly throwing in these different riffs in there yeah. and he lets Toby and Kathy take all the rhythm on it. I mean, they made a good choice and and if they're going to choose a male to to be part of this band they did a good job of finding that male personality who would sit back yeah and you're right he often is kind of in the dark off to the to the side of the stage playing as opposed to being like right up front he was smart to, to understand to like step back the album was recorded in seattle avast studio which is Stuart hallerman's studio since 1990 and he also went to evergreen college in olympia so i'm assuming that's where they all met if you look at his list of the bands that he produced it's pretty much every punk band from pacific northwest underground (laughs) in that era 215 releases everything from fits of depression to unwound in fact i think this album was recorded either right before or right after an unwound record so he was definitely in that mode at the time it actually sold 75,000 copies which i think at the time was pretty big. I mean, I think Fugazi sold maybe 150,000 of their Steady Diet of Nothing. So it's it's up there. It's totally up there. 
That's interesting that you like bring in the Fugazi because there is like such a, a mass connection between uh, Olympia and and Washington. Ian actually produced the first yeah. uh, tape that uh, Bikini Kill did. You can definitely, especially after this album, you start to see more of the Washington influence starting to creep into the rhythms of the band. And to me, this is Bikini Kill is the minor thread of the 90s. They're oh, one yeah. of the bands that I would immediately associate with a band like Minor Threat. Different set of outlooks and, and opinions, but it's that same energy. It's that same, fuck you, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play fast. We're going to play as loud as we can, and we're going to spit in your face, and you're going to deal with it. And <laughs> I was just happy that yeah. I was privy to that, and I actually learned from it. Yeah. Let's get into some of the songs. 12 songs, like I said. There's splitting up of the vocals. Kathy has like one song called Speedheart where she sings, and Toby has a couple of songs where she sings, Tell Me So and Hamster Baby. Anything stand out for you right away? I always thought this album takes a little bit to really get going. I, I didn't think that the full power really hits until uh, Magnet. beginning of that one that's where i started to take notice of this album i was like oh this is going to be very intense obviously rebel girl is um probably one of their biggest hits oh it's got to be i would say yeah hit (laughs) it actually is a hit it's the one that gets played in movies side two with sugar it's a smart move to put that song right at the beginning tell me so kind of like is a softer song it kind of fades away at the end of side one and then you're right back into hard hitting during Sugar. I was always partial to Sugar, Lil Red, and then Star Belly Boy, just like ramping right up with Kathleen's vocals. Those are the three songs that I always loved. They're venomous. But, you know, after listening to it over the last couple of weeks here, I really love the whole album. I love the stuff where Kathy and Toby sing on. Yeah. You know, the whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I love the slower songs. The last song for Tammy Ray is really good. It's the longest song, three and a half minutes. Yeah. The whole thing kicks ass. There's nothing on here that I wouldn't, that I would skip past. Whereas when I was a kid, I would flick to like Little Red and Sugar and Starbelly Boy and the ones that really cranked it up as a middle-aged person. <laughs> it's like I listen to the whole thing and I'm, I'm happy to listen to the whole thing. It's, it's an amazing album. It has a nice ebb and flow to it. If it was all bangers and rippers, it'd be too much. I think it would lose some of the breath of the album. This one, this one breathes. They give you the chances to take the album in. I was immediately drawn to the, the faster, harder songs to start out with. As time has gone by, like I'll, I'll listen to this album at least every other week or something like that, if not every week, a turn on the table. I'm thinking of the iconic stomp in Rebel Girl, that almost like militant beat and, and how it comes yeah. in with that boom, right? Yeah. Imagine being in the jam space when they're writing this song, just hearing that riff for the first time. <laughs> so good. They must have known as soon as, you know, getting into that riff, okay, this is the song. I wouldn't be surprised if the first few jams of Bikini Kill were more that kind of beat happening. I know Bratmobile was a lot more like that. They were a lot more garagey. You know, when you have someone like Kathleen who can just scream her face off 
why are you going to ask her to do like, oh, just be a little more quiet and do some garagey vocals here and let's keep it a clean yeah. sound. Not only that, but to say that her vocals are just screechy is, is totally under selling it. I mean, she has that beautiful melodic voice. She has the powerful, like yeah. almost a baritone through a megaphone. She's got the different characters she slips into, you know, like she parodies or takes the piss out of Grosso guys. <laughs> She does put on these characters throughout the album, which they definitely thought a lot harder about their albums. And they each one was like really thought out, even for the minute and a half song. Everything's very, very thought out. There's a funny quote that I read on Tidal again. They'd interview Kathleen for the 25th anniversary of this album, actually. In regards to her vocals, she said, I had to stand in there and listen to them soloing my vocals. And I was just like, someone point me in the direction of a fucking guillotine. <laughs> you get into the studio and you got to listen to your isolated vocals and they sound great to the music but just hearing all that in in isolation is just tough to handle sometimes for me personally it's the it's the worst i i absolutely have hate having to pick out which vocal works best because i'm like none of them you know but (laughs) they work in the context of the the song but but man hearing your vocals solo so it's it's interesting to hear that even somebody like Kathleen, who has such a powerful grasp on her voice, she even she has a hard time with it. Let's talk a little bit about the lyrics. One of the things that stuck out for me was, obviously, it's, it's easy to look at the lyrics that are to do with misogyny and street harassment and mm-hmm. sexual assault and just complete discrimination against women in the punk scene. But I looked at some of the other stuff. This one's really cool. The song Starfish, which is a quite a short song and has uh, Kathleen playing bass actually and it's just like a little fuck you to the mainstream media which I really like the poetry behind this so she says just like a starfish my legs will soon grow back I'll just be 10 times stronger each time that you attack rhyming Hmm. couplets like that they're known for their very like in your face lyrics which is great but it's nice to know there's other little subtle bits in there as well yeah I always think about the lyrics to uh, feels blind when it comes to Bikini Kill. All the doves that fly past my eyes have a stickiness to their wings. Like it just, mm-hmm. there's something about those, the way that she's able to take something really beautiful and then like kind of look at it a little bit deeper and see it's not all beautiful. Like, yeah, the beauty and the darkness together. Yeah. There's, I mean, there are the songs where she's setting up her, uh, commanding the audience or the listener, but then there are slower songs where she's able to paint these pictures. It's incredibly talented and, and she's got a very introspective way of looking at, at the world around her. They're funny too. I mean, there's some stuff in there where she's just making fun of, like I said before, Grosso guys. It's not necessarily to laugh at, but it's very sarcastic and I like that. But also on Toby's song, Hamster Baby, I just love how it's like a music industry sort of ha-ha snarky kind of thing. A 
hello, 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 hello. Where is our next show in Honolulu? Who is going to put in our tape deck? Who is going to carry the bass amp? Who is going to buy us the van? I could be you. I could be you. I could be you. It will come true. I guess the most famous lyric on this album is she thinks she's the queen of the neighborhood. I got news for you. She is. <laughs> yeah. That's the one they're going to sing along to, right? Rebel Girl was actually recorded three times. So they kept trying right. at it. So it was on the split LP with Huggy Bear. And then the Joan Jett recorded one on the B-side of the new radio, 7-inch. Yeah. And then the Pussy Whip version, which I think of the Pussy Whip version for me is the best. It's dirtier. The production's better. Well, better. Yeah. Production's better slash worse, <laughs> which is my thing. <laughs> I think it has the most punch. I like the Joan Jett version because it, yeah. when they do the soundtracks, I bet you 100 bucks that they do the Joan Jett version, right? But I would guarantee it, yeah. That it was a song that stuck around for them, too. It's absolutely a call to arms for that movement. I've never seen Bikini Kill, so um, I, I would only assume that the reception to that song was fantastic. lots of good live footage of it i haven't seen them live either i'm due to see them in september so oh, i'm nice i will make this happen i might be there with you yeah hopefully <laughs> yes so are you ready for some youtube comments i did kind of look at some of these okay i mean there there's a lot of misogyny in some of these ones so actually this is kind of an interesting discussion and we'll kind of maybe let the comments themselves create the discussion but who should have an opinion about this band and what that opinion should be and how do you delicately maneuver around that so this first person this guy's not delicate (laughs) quite an interesting train of thought here so his name is hapworth username and it's from 22 years ago so that actually meant a lot to do with how strange this is but he says first off as a male i have to admit that i don't even feel comfortable sharing my opinion One of the things that makes Bikini Kill such a brilliant band is the fact that they probably wouldn't even trust my opinions. Darned right they shouldn't. Yes, as a male I can offer praise and encourage people to buy this fine record, but Kathleen Hanna and company would almost certainly dismiss my praise completely, or at least highly distrust it. Like other female rockers who followed in Bikini Kill's wake, Hanna sings openly and honestly about the world she lives in. She knows, for instance, that no matter how much critical acclaim she receives from male reviewers, Males simply can't divorce female artistry from female sexuality. Every male and those who claim otherwise are lying, myself included, not myself, himself, may value and truly admire what Bikini Kill is contributing, but at the same time, every male is also thinking, boy, that Hannah sure is angry, but she's also kind of cute. I don't agree with this guy at all. Like, I think he's away. He's in his own world here. But I guess the reason why I chose that one is because I think we both talked about having some reservations about doing this album, you know, do two guys have a place to talk about it? And I think we definitely do. Yeah. But I think this person hits on all the reasons why we should talk about it, saying that, you know, all males think we don't have an opinion about it. The band would never respect it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the words I'm looking for, it can be a bit of a landmine for two dudes to talk about this album because it can be an inherent rock critic than to start talking about looks and yeah. gender 
and uh, yeah, I just spent a lot of time in the in the last like couple of weeks as we were prepping for this, trying to make this album as genderless as possible. But that's not what this it album is. is a celebration of the female gender. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's a weird one. This guy wants to have an opinion. He's afraid to voice his opinion because he doesn't think that they're going to respect it. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to say his opinion on on the record. He doesn't say, oh, this is a really good record. I love the guitars on this. I love the vocals. It's just kind of more about him navigating his own guilt around having an opinion about the band, which I think is totally stupid. (laughs) There are three responses to this, not responses to him, but responses in what he's saying. And one of them is from Ulteriga, and it's two years ago. And it just says, punk's not for girls, punk's not for boys, punk's for the listener, punk's for everyone. I like that one. I mean, it, no, it's, yeah. it's a bit naive, you know, and a bit, yeah. you know, it's not really taking into the account of the world's complications. And But I think the heart's in the right place for that one. And then also this one is uh, Matthew Morey, two years ago. Unconditional love and learning between everyone and all of existence. We are held back by fear and only liberated through unconditional love. <laughs> that just sounds like a, a yoga instructor or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I get what he's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this one. This is, I think, the only woman that I chose for a comment, but it's just pure honesty getting to the point. The way that I picture people listening to this band back in the day and finding them being so stoked. So all it says is Therese drew four years ago. There is one copy of this album at the Vinnie's near me, probably the last copy sold in Australia. Tomorrow I go out to see if I can get this before anyone else. I'll update you when I do. (laughs) 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 It's just about the process of getting the album What's not stated there, what's read between the lines is like, I'm really stoked to get this. I can't wait to hear it. I'll let you know when I've got it. Like, I want to share this with you. That to me seems like the the way we should go with an album like this. You know, it's pointed and loaded in some ways, but to me, it's just a great album. It needs to yeah. be listened to. It needs to be appreciated for what it is. And by focusing on the lyrics only, I think you're really just shortchanging yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. It is just a straight straight rocker all the way through. And there there are a lot of comments like that in there. It's like of men and women just saying that this is just a full rocking album. There's a couple in there that are, you know, there's one, there's one here I was just reading. Uh, music interests and appreciation changes as per your geographical location. No offense, I'm from India. I'm like, how could human species listen to this kind of music it just tears uh, my soul apart <laughs> i think that person's mistaken that having your your soul torn apart is a bad thing <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah there's there's a few comments like that <laughs> that's what i'm looking for <laughs> i think that's one of the important things about this album this genre of music in the sense of like riot girl because it all sounds totally different is that uh especially being someone who identifies uh, as male, it really challenges my concept of what being a male is. And I, and I think it made me a better person to dig into these lyrics and, and, and be like, oh, okay, I now understand what I can change how I interact with the world and especially with people who identify as, as female. I, this album probably changed my life more than, than any album that I can, can think of. It's funny because we talked about trying to not veer away from, but maybe not focus so much on the the issue of of it being, you know, Riot Girl and it being an album that was a clarion call for third wave feminism. But the fact that we talked about it and felt like we had to talk about it just further proves that the album is 
a masterpiece of punk rock because punk rock's all about yeah. challenging perceptions and it's all about learning and growing. And yeah. this album was that for, it sounds like both of us, we owe it a lot. I know that I feel that way. Yeah. The other album we were sort of talking about doing a Slater Kinney album, this album led me directly to Slater Kinney, which further moved my psyche and what it means to be a male coming into the 2000s, you know, uh, and moving forward into my life. And it's important to be challenged. This is definitely one of the albums that challenged me a lot. Make sure that you get a chance to go over to the Scream Therapy website, screamtherapyhq.com, and you can check out the Scream Therapy podcast episodes dealing with punk rock and mental health, episodes about different diagnoses, different mental health professionals, different musicians in their lives living with mental health conditions. So yeah, check that out. It's, it's a fun one. Well, <laughs> maybe not as fun as this one is. <laughs> Screen therapy episodes are educational and have really affected me as a host. So go and check those out. You can find both of them, Screen Therapy and Flex Your Head at ScreenTherapyHQ.com. Drew, it's been amazing to have you once again. It's always a fun time to sit down with you and talk about these albums. I hope you'll come back. Absolutely. There are plenty more records out there that need to be discussed. Thanks for having me again. I, when you asked me to do this album, I, I felt really lucky. This album's a big one. I know it's a big one for both of us. Let's get into the last bit of this album. Bikini Kill's 1993 punk classic, Pussy Whipped. <laughs> 